And our prayer tonight is that that will be our desire to be like Jesus. May we be committed, committed to be like Jesus. Proverbs 16.3, Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. And then Psalms 37, 3, or we'll go to 37, 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him. And what's going to happen? He'll still bring it to pass. Commitment. We, Sister Rosie uh, mentioned a little bit about commitment. Uh, we're thankful tonight that we have God's word that shows us which direction we should go in our life. And that as we commit our hearts, our lives are all to him. He will direct our paths. He will direct our paths. Commitment is, well, there's a lots and lots of different def- definitions for it. But one of them I saw was, it said, to dedicate to, to take all our successes, plans, and questions to God in prayer every single day. Seeking answers from God, not just a weekend warrior, but going all in. If I may, for a few moments, I'd like to share three commitments that I made in my life. It's been uh, over 50 years since those commitments have been made, but those three commitments have changed my life from that day to this. On August 18th, 1968, about 59 years ago, I entered into this little building there in Centralia, Washington, and along with a few other young men, we'd brought some papers with us and turned them in, and then we were told to line up, and right in front of us was the commanding officer of the Naval Reserve Unit. And as he stood there, he promptly told us to raise your right hand, so I raised my left hand. He was standing right in front of me, so I would just follow and sue it. Didn't yeah? I was just a kid, didn't know anything. Well, he promptly said, "Your right hand." So, and then he, we had to repeat after him. This was a commitment. I had to say, "I, Chester Daniel King, do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic." that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, and that I will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of the officers appointed over me according to regulations and a uniform code of military justice. So help me God. All, all of us guys that were there, we repeated that. And now, after that commitment, we were no longer civilians. We were sailors now. We had joined the Navy. And I was committed. I was going, at that time and that for the next few years, I was, I trusted my commanding officer to take action, to lead me in the way I was supposed to go, take care of me, see that I was fed, clothed, and all these things. And, uh, you know, Psalms 37, 3 and 4. Uh, kind of goes along with that. Uh, Psalms 37, 3 and 4. One of my favorite verses many years ago when 
I was in a, a water well drilling business with my family, and times were kind of tough, and I had an old international pickup, and on the dash I had one of the promises out of my mom's promise box. It said, Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. So my commanding officer for the next couple of years, I, uh, I trusted in him. Maybe I didn't always like what he said, but I trusted in him and was saw fit that I was taken care of. And that commitment back some many years ago, that commitment has affected my life even today. Uh, some of the benefits of that, you know, the health benefits and different things. But uh, uh, so that commitment has affected me all through the rest of my life. And then about four and a half years later, I made another commitment to change my life. And it was a huge change in my life. After living 20-some years as a sinner and going downhill and doing things that I knew I shouldn't do and tried to stop and I couldn't stop, and I knew I needed to be saved, but I just couldn't really seem to grasp the reality of it for some reason. The church I've been attending, they, you know, it was a good church. Uh, when I listened to the testimonies, it seemed like all I heard were, 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 were stories about a trip they took to Alaska or something. I don't remember hearing testimonies of salvation. And it, it just, there was something lacking there. And then, Got a job after I got out of the Navy. I got a job and a friend met me at work and asked me if I'd like to go to a youth meeting. I went. I heard testimonies that stirred my heart. I thought, they have something. They have what I have been wanting for so many years. And short time later, I prayed and the Lord saved me. I made a commitment to God that I would serve him the rest of my life. If he would take away the ugly out of my life, and give me good, I would serve him the rest of my life. <coughs> I made that commitment. He did his part, and I committed the rest of my life to him, and that's why I'm here tonight. It was a change made for the better, and it's affected me to this day. Then the third commitment that changed my life happened about two and a half years after that. To be exact, it was 53 years ago today, 53 years and about three hours ago. Uh, I'd been attending the Apostolic Faith Church in Chehalis, considered myself to be a member. I was enjoying there. And this particular time, I was standing in front of the church, and Reverend Warren Trotter, he was standing in front of me. He didn't ask me to raise my right hand this time, but he read this statement he said, Chester Daniel King, do you take this woman whose right hand you now hold to be your lawfully wedded wife and to solemnly promise God helping you that you will be a true and devoted husband to her, that you will love her? I can't even say it right. That you will love, honor, cherish, and protect her in sickness and in health, in sorrow and in joy, in adversity and in prosperity, and that will you will keep yourself to her and her alone until God by death shall separate you. 
I responded with a yes. I was committed and still am committed. And yes, my life has definitely changed that day for the better and it's affected me since that time. Now, each of these commitments required some action on my part. It wasn't just words. It wasn't just I said, okay, I do, I will, or repeat after me. But it took some action on my part to fulfill the commitment. So the question tonight is about our commitment to the one who gave his life for us. The one who left the glory splendors of heaven and came down to this ugly old world just that you and I could be saved and someday go up to meet him in heaven above. What a commitment he made for you and I. And then I think about this building. It was dedicated or committed unto the Lord as a sanctuary, a place of prayer. Do we enter here in his presence and fully commit our time here to worship him without distractions of any kind? You know, in in, in Matthew, Jesus was talking to the disciples. They had been uh, out praying. Jesus was praying and the disciples fell asleep. Remember what happened there? He had met him a couple times and Jesus said to them, what? Could you not watch with me for one hour? Are we fully, wholly dedicated for at least the hour we have church here? Or are there distractions? Are there things that are mind off this way or mind off that way? Or maybe something in your pocket buzzes and you have to see who texted you or something. Is it possible? Is it possible that we're more committed to our devices than to the Spirit of God when we come into his house? Here's a suggestion. Your phone, my phone, your watch, and all those things, it has an airplane mode, right? How about if we change that to church mode? You hit that button, make it the church mode, you can still look at your electronic phone and, and, and see the, your Bible. You can still read your Bible and make notes, but you won't be distracted with all those other things. It's just a thought, okay? We don't want to be guilty of interfering with the progress of our pilot. In other words, when that phone, when you get on an airplane, they say, Put it on airplane mode, or at least you used to have to. I don't know what happens now. But they don't want you to be interfere with anything the pilot might be receiving or sending. If we don't put our phone on church mode, maybe we're interfering with our pilot and the message he's trying to get to us. God help us. You know, when you think about this... <laughs> Anybody here that's over, say, 50 years old, we made it. We made it through life without having a cell phone implanted in our ear. All right? And and, and I believe we can still live that way. I'm just as guilty as anybody else, perhaps. But but let's give us some thought. When you commit your way to the Lord, when, when you commit this hour to God, let's commit it to him. 
and to him alone. Another definition of commit means that certain decisions are made in advance, irrespective of the circumstances. I will honor Christ, whatever the pain and whatever the cost. I will obey God's word even when it's the hardest thing to do. I will obey God's word even when it might be the hardest thing to do. You know, when I stood before that commanding officer at that little naval base, I didn't know what was going to happen in the future. I I had, as a kid, it's like I think about it now, I had absolutely no idea. I knew I liked the water and I knew I liked boats. I had no idea that I would be a lookout and have to, when the ship was in the dock, I just had to walk up and down in front of the ship on the dock there and make sure somebody, nobody stole the ship. I guess, I'm not exactly sure, but that's what we did. But I followed the commanding officer's regulations. I did what he said to do. I got saved and still am saved. I'm doing my best to follow what my commanding officer tells me what to do. Whether I understand it, whether it's easy, that's what I'm committed to do. And over in Matthew, look at Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26, starting with verse 30. I had made previous mention about this. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. And Peter, bless his heart, Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. He was committed in his mind. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee that this night before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet I will not deny thee. But you know, don't just think about Peter here because the next sentence says, Likewise also said all the disciples. They were all committed in their mind to do everything they could to follow Jesus. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. He knew his commitment. He knew what he was going to go through. And he saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. You catch what's happening? Jesus was burdened, horribly burdened with what he was going to do, and brought his, some of his faithful followers. And he said, you, you wait here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. 
Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto his disciples and findeth them asleep. And saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Okay, you see what's happening here. They had fallen asleep. He talked to them. He, he reprimanded them. And then told them to watch and pray. Verse 42, he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And then the next verse starts out saying, and he left them. And he left them. Have you ever been in a prayer service or praying and you felt like the Lord left you? Felt like there's something missing? They thought they were committed, but they fell asleep. May God help us to stay awake. And I don't mean physically awake, all that too, but to stay awake spiritually that we can watch and pray with Jesus. He gave everything for you and I. We can certainly give him some of our time, can't we? You know, we have other great examples of those that made great commitments and followed through to the end. I think of Noah, all those years that he spent building and praying and working and seemingly receiving uh, uh, no response. And then there was Boaz. I just, I like Boaz. I mentioned last time I was up here about Boaz and his shoe and that thing. But Boaz proved his commitment by giving a near kinsman his shoe. You can read the story if you don't know how that goes. But not only because of what he did, he's mentioned in the lineage of Jesus, but did you know there's also a pillar on the left side of the porch in Solomon's temple named Boaz. Boaz was committed. And now we read about some of the things that pertain to his name. Elijah, Elisha, Daniel, he prayed three times a day. He was committed. And he wasn't thrown into a lion's den. He was thrown into a den of lions. A big difference there. Serious difference there. But he was committed. He stayed true to his God and God took care of him. And how about Job? Bless his heart. All his problems, all his trials and all the things he went through. Was he committed? Oh, yes, he was committed. He didn't back down for anything. So we get back to you and I. Are we committed? Are we fully, completely committed? Are we all in? We have special meetings coming up here and prayer meeting next week and all that. Think about these things. Am I fully, wholly committed? Again, Proverbs 16.3. Commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. 
and Psalms, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. In the in my Bible, on the, in the edge of it, it says, roll your burdens on the Lord, although they may cause you anxiety, they're not too great for him. And that's another benefit of committing our all to God. I pray tonight that we might take this to heart and be more committed than we ever have been before because the more we commit to God, the more we commit to him, the better off we'll be. We're going to sing number 259 and let's keep on committing to the Lord.